I am Captain Matthew Gillespie of the Philadelphia Police Department's Southwest Detective Division, and this is Aftermath's Philadelphia. In this podcast, we host critical conversations with those involved in reducing the epidemic of gun violence in the city of Philadelphia. This podcast features candid episodes that highlight the different thoughts and perspectives while offering strategies to lower the violence. In this episode, I sit down with police officer Courtney Smith of the Philadelphia Police Department's Recruitment Unit and formerly of the 16th District in West Philadelphia. We discuss our journey from growing up in West Philly in the area of 52nd and Parkside to becoming a prison guard and ultimately joining the Philadelphia Police Department. We dig into the impact of building real connections with members of the community, along with the importance of a police officer getting out of their car and speaking to people. We dig into the logistics needed to put on a community event and ultimately answer and ask the question, should cops be involved in social issues? Just a reminder that the thoughts and ideas in this episode do not necessarily reflect the thoughts and ideas of any individual organization or the city of Philadelphia. All right, everyone, welcome back to, again, Aftermath Philadelphia. I have um, one of my favorite officers in the department, to be honest, mm-hmm. uh, Courtney Smith. Right now, Courtney, uh, assigned to the recruitment unit, but formerly of one of the best districts in the city, the 16th District, right? Yes. <laughs> um, and is it fair to say um, West Philadelphia, born and raised? Yes, it is. <laughs> where, where exactly in West Philly? I was um, born and raised um, West Philly, the Parkside area, 52nd and Jefferson. And then you came back and served your neighborhood, basically. Pretty much, yes. How long have you been with the department? I've been with the department for four years now. Okay. And before that, what did you do? Prior to that, I worked in a prison for six and a half years. Mm-hmm. I worked at Kern Fromhold, which is known as CFCF yep. on State Road. Um, I really got to know you when I made captain of the 18th District. And Officer Bachman and Harris and others, we kind of combined forces and did a lot of community work. And you were at the forefront of a lot of that. That's not a lot. A lot of people don't know that. I want to make sure that is out there, that the... While we were in the 18th district, we partnered with you in the 16th because you had the same mindset on essentially community policing. Right. You know, would you agree on that? Yes, I agree. And and for the listeners, like, what is your mindset on? See, I don't like just saying pigeonhole. Oh, you have community policing. You have this type of policing. I think policing should be the stuff that we did. Correct. What's your thoughts on that? No, I agree. I believe community policing plays a big role, the partnerships, the relationships. And I feel like, you know, just engaging with the community, it means a lot to them, you know, and to us as well. Because I feel like as police, most times we meet people when they're angry, embarrassed, upset or in trouble. So I feel like, you know, meeting them at a better place, it helps when you do come to a call and they're angry or embarrassed or upset mm-hmm. because it brings them down a level because they see somebody they can trust or trust, I'm sorry, or a familiar face. No, 100%. And, like, it is great. The Philadelphia Police Department is doing an outstanding job of getting these illegal firearms off the street. Yes. You know, now up here at Southwest Detectives, I see how hard these detectives work. But not everybody in the community knows about it. You know, and why would you, right? So, like, if you're a decent person, you're not involved in that stuff, and you just are coming and going, you don't know everything that the police do. But you can come to a community event 
that the police host. Right. You can come to a, a, a community meeting, and if you give the if you allow the officers or, or we are allow you to listen to us and come to these kind of like non enforcement of things, you know what I'm talking about? Like right. the community events. Yes. That's where you build those connections. Exactly, I agree. Um you know, a lot of people would say to me, like, oh, why are the cops doing that? Why are you dancing on 52nd Street? And I do want to say this. <laughs> you know, I'm really proud of that event that went on for the springtime. No, me too. You know, everybody talked about, well, 52nd and Market has its issues, right? There's specifically, it was, it was some open-air drug sales. And let's be yeah. honest, you're a police officer. We could put a cop out there to sit in a car mm-hmm. and maybe have the windows rolled down, maybe not. <laughs> right. Let's be honest, Right. Um, or we could create an environment where everybody can come out, the businesses can thrive, and while it may only be for two hours, I think it's a two-hour win during the highest time that there was crime issues, and you were a part of that. Um, So let me ask you, what's your opinion on should police be involved? Essentially, we'll call them social programs. I think I I definitely believe that police should be involved in social programs. Like, as I mentioned, I just feel like, you know, it's, it, it's different when it comes from the police because that's something that police don't normally do. Not mm-hmm. saying that they shouldn't do, but I just feel like, you know, um, a lot of times, like I said, we're engaging people when they're in trouble, but just to help them before exactly. they get in trouble. Yeah. Or, you know, like that's one thing that, you know, made me want to become a cop because I felt like in jail, I kept seeing the same people. They were getting in trouble, you know, for the same thing. So I became a cop because I wanted to help them before they, you know, before they got to the they jail. Got to that point. Yeah. So I just think, you know, a lot of people in our community, they get in trouble because they lack resources, whether it's health, health care, whether it's education. I mean, we have a lot of functional illiterates. So I just think doing those social programs Helping, having a read in mm-hmm. class or bringing those jobs, mm-hmm. you know, um, it really helps the community. And I mean, even sometimes the job fairs aren't effective. And one thing I realized about that is because we have a lot of functional illiterates. So if you try to give them a job and they can't read, a lot of 25 year olds are not going to come out and say, hey, ma'am or sir, I can't read. Yeah. But, you know, they might give you telltale signs. They might say, I don't have my glasses or, you know, mm-hmm. could you fill this out for me? But, you know, it's just I feel like, you know. What community policing helps us get to the root of the problem because locking them up doesn't solve all the issues. No, I, I agree. You know, you know, there definitely are people that commit crimes that need to be off the street for an extended period of time. But the long-term overall issue is not going to be solved by just arresting people. It's, exactly. it's not. It's not. And, you know, you hit on a good point. It's like you get to really know everybody. Like, There's a lot of good intentions in Philadelphia, and there's a lot of good things happening in Philadelphia. But we as police, we're the biggest face of city government, number one. We're the most visible. We're out there. And we know individuals in the most intimate ways, to be honest, and sometimes. It's hard, like, when you have a job fair or you have a program for people, but they can't read. You know, one thing we found out, there was a lot of young people in in abuse situations, so, like, they didn't want to take a job because they were fearful because of some of the abuse issues that they went through, you know? Um, and I always looked at us as, like, the facilitators. Wouldn't you agree? Like, yes. we were the ones that able... We we could call the the haircut place, the barber, right, right the traveling yes. barber. We could call the rec center. Right. And if we could get it moving, I think that's... I think that's the right thing to do. I agree. Because like you said, we are the facilitators and sometimes we're able to bring out certain people that, you know, the average mm-hmm. citizen can't bring mm-hmm. out. So to bring those resources to the community as a police officer, I think is good. And, you know, you hit on a point right before we started talking is like, 
you do those things, people see us in a different way. But I also would say this when I was downstairs in the 18th. It allows us, the cops, to see the community in a different way. Exactly. You know, I had a lot of officers that would only know certain people because they would respond to calls at their house, whether it be a right. domestic issue or a burglary issue or a mental health issue, or they only knew somebody because they arrested that person with a gun. They had one five-minute interaction, and I'm not condoning carrying illegal weapons, but one five-minute interaction with a young person carrying a gun, and maybe they made their mind up about that person. Well, really, a person was bullied and had no other choice. And again, I'm not condoning it. They need to be held accountable. But when we did those events, I would make the officers go too so right. they could see the community in a different point. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that's really, really important. Um, logistics. How hard is it, right, as a police officer to get a program? Like in 2019, you did a program. It was like, um, I think it was baseball and barbecue. Right. How hard is that? See, people just think, like, we snap our fingers right. and it's done. And it Explain was, it to the audience. I'm sorry. Um, it was it was pretty difficult because, honestly, you wouldn't know from the pictures because we engaged so well. A lot of those kids didn't like police. So when we first started, a lot of them were standoffish. It was a nonprofit that pretty much forced them. And, you know, at the beginning of the game, some of them were like, oh, you know, they didn't want to, you know, talk to us or yeah. shake your hand. But yeah. as they got to engage and see us in a different light, mm-hmm. you know, by the by the end of the game, you know, they were like best friends with the cops. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we had a barbecue. It was just it was just they, they really got to see us in a different light. And I think it was because um, we didn't have our uniforms on and stuff like that. I think that's a big thing. <laughs> yeah. You know, Officer Bachman and Harris brought that to my attention mm-hmm. one time. Shout out to them. Right. <laughs> like, whatever event it was, and they were like, listen, we can do everything. We can we can have the greatest time. We can, we can, we can, everything we can say is perfect. Right. Everything we do is great. But if we're standing there with our uniform and our guns on our hips and our badges, right. it's just not going to fly. Exactly. And you that's know? how I feel. <laughs> and... You know, that's something that, like, the everyday person wouldn't necessarily think of. Right. You know? So when they see cops, because I've seen comments, right, in social media, right. or you hear people saying, oh, look at the cops out there playing basketball. Look right. at the cops. Oh, now we now we play baseball for a living? <laughs> no. No. Right. Like, that's part of our job. Um, the haircuts for homeless thing. That was something I really thought was a good program. I really enjoyed yeah. it. Can we talk about that for a minute? Because you talk about self-esteem, changing people's lives. Right. And I mean, it was evident some of those guys didn't have haircuts for months. So, you know, just to be getting that from the police, and not only did we provide them with a haircut, we provide them with free clothing, mm-hmm. we would provide them with a meal. You know, it was just something, a little entertainment. It mm-hmm. wasn't just a haircut. So, and you know, I just think that kind of just opened the door for a relationship because some of the guys that came actually came in front of the district to get their haircut. They didn't speak to me prior, and I would see them on Lancaster Avenue, but after that, they was like, oh, hey, you're the cop that put this, you know, put it together, and I feel like it breaks that barrier because they like, they see that you really care because yeah. we didn't have to put that you know event together in front of the district you know we get excuse me we get too, we, we I don't want to say too caught up but we get caught up a lot in um, data and numbers and statistics you can see right behind me all these books right, right. <laughs> statistics 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 but when you do events like that um, and you help change somebody's you know how they feel about themselves maybe they're down on their luck you can't quantify that necessarily right? right you know what i mean and like a lot of those guys i don't know you know either way but they might have made a, a bad decision that day but instead they came to the 16th district they got their hair cut they got mm-hmm. freshened up a little bit um maybe one or two at least you know 
got back on their feet. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a win, even if we can affect one person. I agree. You know? Um, but again, like the logistics of it, like a lot of people don't know this either. A lot of that stuff comes out of your own pocket. Yes. And when I was a community relations officer in the 16th, I, don't get me wrong, I had a lot of donations, a lot of sponsors, but <laughs> I, I put a lot of money out of my own pocket to do those things. I stayed, you know, I worked on my days off to get those mm-hmm. things accomplished, you mm-hmm. know, not getting compensated by the department or anything that, because that was in my heart, and I didn't mind doing it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, another thing, if you're just not in policing or, or an employee of the Philadelphia Police Department, you know, if you're a, you know, you're a police officer, you're fresh out of the academy, you know, you come in, your shift is 3 to 11, you work the 3 to 11 shift, and you go home, and you don't have to, you know, you're you're done. You're right. done for that night. Right. You know, when you're the community relations officer. It doesn't stop. It doesn't stop. <laughs> I mean, some of the people who are calling you, at least the captain. Right. And I mean, if the captain would call me and said, she would call me and say, I need this. And I'm like, you know, I get off, but I'm like, you know, it was just what I love doing. So she could mm-hmm. text me at six or seven. And she's like, you know, I need this. And I'm like, all right, I got it. You mm-hmm. know, and mm-hmm. I'm putting it together and it's just nonstop. It could be the weekend. And she, you know, anything that, you know, that had to do with the community, I just had to do it. And it was, yeah, it be- was, and I didn't mind. And not just you, Officer Bachman and Harris right. down in the 12th. Um, I know the officer up in the 19th. You all would change your schedule last minute. Right. You would come in on your own time because the normal business hours, that's when everybody's working, right? right? So you had yes. to do your thing on non-normal business right. hours, essentially at night, in the evenings. Exactly. Um, so you would give up a lot of own, your own time from your own family. And that's why I say all the time we spend more time in our districts than we do in our own home, right. to be honest. Mm-hmm. But you grew up in West Philly. I know you're committed to it. The, the community meetings, um, can we get, I want to get in a little bit about that because I got a lot of questions of like, how do you run a community meeting? How do you organize it? How do you get from like six, seven people to, I know the 16th district was having like 30, 40, 50, 60 people. Mm-hmm. And I think that's how you can measure right. the buy-in. So just talk about that a little bit. Well, one thing I did when I was out on my footbeat, I started building relationships with people. Mm-hmm. So what I would do is I would... Um, even when I had a car, I would just get out and talk to people and I would just find out the need in the community. So it was just like, I would give my number out, you know, like yeah, yeah. And just build those relationships. So when we had the meetings, people felt comfortable, you know, seeing a familiar face in it. And a lot of, most of them would say, you know what, I norm- I never came to a police meeting or, you know, I'm, I don't normally participate in police things. Mm-hmm. And I would have bring some of the younger crowd out too. But it was just, I just feel like building that relationship and knowing that, you know, letting people know that you care, they will show up. I think everyone keeps asking, you know, I get a lot of... Questions. How, how do you build a relationship? Uh, very simple. Like, right. you actually have to get out of the car and talk right. to people. And I'm like, even when I had a car, some days my partner would be, you know, out or he was on military leave. And I would just leave my car and I would just walk up the block. They'd be like, you're walking by yourself? You don't. And mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, like, I'm from West Philly. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm from this neighborhood. And, um, you know, I, I would be bored just sitting in my car by myself. I'm like, I can't sit sit parked at the top of the block with my window up on my phone. First of all, I don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And and, I, and that was the way that I got to know a lot of people in the area that, you know, that I serve from, you know, the, the criminals to the senior citizens to, you know, the gang members to the prostitutes. I mean, I had a relationship with everybody yeah, in the, in the yeah, community. Yeah. And I mean, when something happened, they all felt comfortable talking to me. Mm-hmm. You know, I would say when I was downstairs in the 18th, at least once a day, I get I get it. We're busy. We're busy. There's a lot of radio calls. The officers are doing all kinds of great work. For your own sake, get out of the car and walk around. Right. Right. Stretch your legs. Yes. Clear your mind. 
talk to one person. If you talk to one person, right, <laughs> right. and you have a decent interaction, mm-hmm. that one person is going to be like, yo, guess what? To my, to their yes. name, yo, the cops came over here. They talked yes. to me. You know what I mean? Go in the store. Don't just go in the store and sign the log right. and walk Put your out. head down. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> go in the store, sign the log, hang out for a little bit, right. talk to the people that are there. Right. You know, it'll be funny because the ones that don't want you there that may or may not mm-hmm. have something on them they shouldn't, they're the ones that are going to walk out right. quietly. Or they might stay and talk to you just to figure you out. Exactly. Yeah, and they might want that interaction. And I learned that some of them, I mean, you can't, I don't necessarily know if they have something on them or not. I can, you know, assume. But, you know, sometimes they want that interaction because yeah. they, mm-hmm. they're so used to cops just getting out the car or going in the store with their head down or not speaking. So everybody I came across, if they were at the corner store or on the corner of a block, whatever, I'm like, oh, hey, how you doing? You know, how's your day going? Or how's your mom? If I seen them with their mom, they'd be like, oh, wow, you remember my mm-hmm. mom? Mm-hmm. You remember I had a child? Just those small things. And I remember everybody's name. So I felt like, for me, that was important with my interaction with the community because I call everybody by their name. And they were like, how do you remember everybody's name? Yeah. You know, because, yeah. you know, people like, ma'am, sir, or, you know, whatever. But I'm like, I always remember everybody's name. I would, um, one of the most, most complaints I would get would be, and they're right, and I agree with the people. Mm-hmm. Hey, the officer walked right past me and didn't even acknowledge me. Right. And, you know, I would go out to 60th Street a lot, you know, um, because I would actually, I would eat out there. There's places I would get food at, and I would go see cakes, or you know, at right. Representative McClinton's <laughs> office and other things. And I would see officers sometimes, not not all, but sometimes on mm-hmm. their phone, you know, just walking around, not paying attention. And right. I'm like, yo, come come on, man. You know, and it might be, a, you know, a younger person thing. Right. But um, that really can, can affect somebody. You walk past somebody, mm-hmm. right, and not even say hi. Right. That could, that... First impressions are everything. Exactly. You know what I mean? And um, I think some of the officers, I'm thinking of two in particular, they didn't even realize they did it. They weren't being mean. <laughs> they just were like, just right. not thinking. Mm-hmm. And they ended up being excellent, excellent officers out there. Um, the community loved them. But I'm like, yo, you have to you have to talk mm-hmm. to people. That's, right. that's our business. Policing, the number one thing we do is communicate. Right. And one of the things we don't do too well is communicate. Right. So, like, it's our job to communicate, right? We're talking. Right. You got to talk to the people. You got to answer mm-hmm. the phone. But we also don't necessarily do it in the best way right. sometimes. Well, I set a new goal for myself. For this year, my goal is to meet 10 new people each day. So I don't care if it's in oh, the like market like or it. in the street. So yesterday I was in a rent terminal. I went up to this random guy. I'm like, oh, hey, I'm Courtney. And he mm-hmm. seen me in my uniform. So he probably was like, and he was like, oh, wow. And he was like, what made you? I said, my goal is to meet 10 mm-hmm. new people each day. And you're the third person that I met. Wow. Wow. And I just, and he was like, wow. He was like, you know what? So I left and walked around and he came back he was like you know what I didn't tell you my name and he just came back and started telling me like yeah I'm down here getting food it was an older guy but I'm like you know just things like that I think make a big difference they do they do it's um you know that kind of transitions into my next point you know we're we're ambassadors I look at it Mm -hmm. right for the city for the profession right you know when a police officer does something wrong illegal morally wrong, you know, it's on no gun zone, maybe a, an officer saying something they shouldn't, uh, loses their temper, right? right? Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's our job, it's everybody's job to really be out there, be professional all the time. And, um, you know, you were here during the riots in 2020, you know, and, mm-hmm. and how that affected everybody. I do bring this up a lot, you know, it's just that as bad as those riots were, um, there was a lot of stuff behind the scenes and out on 52nd Street where people were cooperating with the police, trying to quell the violence because we built those relationships. Right. You know what I mean? 
Um, can the community relations officer solve every single problem? Absolutely not. Okay. But I was when I was on 52nd Street, I did have a few people when they were throwing things, they were like, oh, no, don't don't bother her or, you know, don't say anything. I know her. And I'm like, oh, wow. I couldn't even tell who they were because everybody had masks on their face and cover. But I'm like, oh, wow. So, like I said, that community, you know, engagement, it does it does go a long way. Um, is it more important than traditional policing, right, driving around right. and stuff? Is it equally as important? Do you think it should go hand in hand? I think so. It should go hand in yes, hand? Yes, and I think that, you know, once it goes hand in hand and you have that respect with people, I think it goes a long way. You don't have to be, how can I say... So hard when you police. I guess. I, I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. No, I agree with like you. You can speak to people. You can treat them mm-hmm. because one thing I learned, you know, just from working in a prison, respect goes a long way. When I was in a prison, I didn't have a gun. I didn't have, mm-hmm. you know, any of these things. Mm-hmm. So I had to learn how to talk to people. I dealt with all types of people, and you know, I was under a camera. So it was like, you know, I had to learn how to, you know, act and treat people. So it's just, I just feel like, you know. Um, Community, you know, just community police, yeah, and I just feel like yeah. it just goes a long way. And I feel like you can, you know, arrest people for breaking the law, but at the same time, you can still speak to everybody. You can still, you know, participate in, you know, social programs in mm-hmm. the community or start initiatives. But you know, people still respect you. They'll respect you more. And certain things that they might do in front of other cops, they won't do in front of you because they respect you. I say this a lot. I say, um, if I can prevent, or if we, mm-hmm. as a profession, can prevent a crime from happening, that's better than putting handcuffs on exactly. somebody. You know, if we could, whether it's a mediation, the community relations officers do a lot of mediation, meaning for the audience, you know, you have two parties that are involved in like an ongoing argument. They'll come in, they'll sit down, we try to mediate it. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Mm-hmm. But... Um, Whatever the program may be, Haircut for Homeless, the Christy Rock Basketball Program, the backpack giveaways, a lot of the readings in school where we meet the kids at a young age. Um, If those things, you know, those are like the roots where we get in the police department and make connections with people um, so that if we have to take some kind of enforcement action, you know, the thinking is like, you may be upset that we have to do this, but at least you understand who we are right. and where we're coming from. And that's why I say respect is a big thing because, you know, when people know that you respect them, they respect you. And, I mean, even if you had to lock them up, you know, they're, they're not even as mad. I mean, I had girls that I locked up in the 16th. They came back and they were like, oh, you know what? You know, I'm not even mad at you. You helped me. Because it was one girl that actually got I locked up in the 16th. I really care. So, you know what? I, I knew people that still worked at the job. I was like, look, mm-hmm. could you look out for her? Make sure she has food. Make sure she had clothes. When she came out, she's like, you know what? Thank you so much for looking out for me, yeah. you know, when I was in yeah. jail. So, I'm yeah. like, it goes a long way. And, I mean, even it was somebody I locked up. And I, tri- I tri- like I treat everybody with respect. I was at the Sunoco pumping my gas. And somebody came up grabbing my arm. I'm like, you know, who is this? You mm-hmm. know, it's late at night. He's like, oh, no, Miss Smith. I just want you to meet my family there in the car. I was like, oh, wow. He's like, you wow. don't remember me? And I'm like. No. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I mean, listen, that's Sergeant Johnson downstairs had that similar. Yeah. Um, we did a GED program a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Long story short, um, one of the kids that went to the program came up to her on 52nd Street mm-hmm. and thanked her. And, you know, it was like, if we can get to one person, right. I would say this, right? We get to that one person, but that one person has a family. Yeah, exactly. So now you have affected six, eight, ten people you know, in that family right. or three or four people in that household. Mm-hmm. So you're not just touching one person. Right. You're touching a whole household. Um, one other question I had for you, because you do 
are active on social media, I, I think it's a good thing. Should we as police po- post what we do on social media? I think so. I think it's important that, you know, the, the community gets to see us in a different light. I think that it gives people, whether you want to be a police officer or you're, you know, right. you don't, it allows people a window of what we do, mm-hmm. right? So if you, you know, you live in Philadelphia, it, you get an idea of what we actually do, you right. know. Um, if you're interested in being in law enforcement, it lets you see kind of everything we right. do. Like, if you're going to join Philadelphia Police Department, you're not going to just drive around in a car and, you know, mm-hmm. think you're just going to pull people over. You're going to do all these other things and you're right. going to do them the right way. Um, and I think it helps connect with the younger people, don't you I think? I agree, yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And I even had people write me on social media. It was like, oh, wow, I didn't know cops did this or I didn't know cops did that. And I'm mm-hmm. like, you know, you just take the initiative and just do it. <laughs> You know, the last thing I want to hit on real quick, I mm-hmm. saw, um, it was earlier this year, but you had a, uh, a lunch, lunch, listen, and learn session with the LGBTQ uh, members in Mantua. C- can you just explain that, that experience, why it's important, how hard it is to kind of organize it, right, mm-hmm. and also build the trust enough to actually go do it? Right. Okay, so I, I started um, dealing with the community probably about three years ago. I reached out to them to sponsor them for Christmas. So they were a little standoffish because most of the individuals that live in that home, um, you know, had police encounter. You know, they're, mm-hmm. they're transitioning back into, you know, getting their own housing and stuff like that, you know, from being homeless. Mm-hmm. So, um, like I said, at first it, it was a little standoffish and... Um, you know, as we started building a relationship, like I said, like when I first started, I was in a 16 district. So, you know, I, I was with different cops. So when I went the last time, I was with different cops. So, you know, they just had to get used to them, sure. but they knew me. So yeah. they felt comfortable with those cops. But it's just, it was hard at the beginning. I can't, you yeah, know, yeah, think no, of all the details. But, you know, just getting into different communities is, I think it is tough, you know, being a cop because, you know, I didn't know because I never had a problem with anybody mm-hmm. in that community. But I didn't know, you know, that. You know, it was like a thing between them and police. They sure. they really didn't like police or trust police for mm-hmm. some reason. And mm-hmm. I and I was unaware of that. Wow. Okay. Yeah. But you're part of fixing right. the solution. And right. one of the things I like, one of the, the things that you're good at is, because I've talked to several captains that you work for. I, I've talked to the officers that you work with. Right. Is you listen to people. Yes. You know? And... Um, if you follow the social media pictures of the event were just that, you could tell that there was listening going on. Mm-hmm. And just as we conclude, I, I think, it's just my opinion, I'm not speaking for everybody, that the number one thing we can do as cops is listen. Yes. I mean, I'd agree with you. Right. But I'm going to listen to you, and I'll, I'll promise you that. Well, don't you think? Right. Listen and speak to everyone. <laughs> Listen and speak to everyone. Yes. Um, and speaking of, speaking of everyone, lastly, now you're in the recruitment unit. Um, you know, what's your thoughts? You know, for those that are out there listening, thinking about being a cop, um, why should they become a Philadelphia police officer? I feel that you should be the change that you want to see. If you want to see a difference in our our department, I I believe that's what you sh- you know you should come in this department and do because that's what I did. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like I said, when I started making these changes, I didn't have really have any time on it at all. You know, I just started taking initiative to do things that I wanted to see as a child in my community done by a cop. So that's what I came in this department and did. Mm-hmm. So that's awesome. <laughs> um, 
any information on how to do it, where to go, websites? Yes, um, joinphillypd.com. Okay. Yeah. And then follow the links through there? Exactly, yeah. And I think the first phase, there's a physical component in the beginning, Yes, right? Yes, there's the written component. So once you finish the written component, you go into the physical component. And um, our next recruitment drive opens March 8th, I believe. Okay. Yes. March 8th? Yes. All right, so I'll make sure the episode is out yes. before then. <laughs> um I think West Philly is a great place. Yes. I've been a sergeant out here, a lieutenant, and a captain out here. Um, so for anybody that's listening and you want to join the Philadelphia Police Department and you specifically are from West Philly, this is the time to do it, I really think. You yes, know, and I'm willing to help you. I'm willing to mentor you, give you advice. I haven't been around for a long time, but I can mm-hmm. show you what I know and teach you what and I know. <laughs> Courtney, I just want to say thank you, one, for being here. Yeah. Thank you for being a part of everything we did downstairs yeah. because the stuff that the 18th District did, there was a lot of officers behind the scenes, and you mm-hmm. were at the top of the list behind the scenes yes. doing that stuff. Um so thank you. Yeah, and I thank you for letting me be a part of you know your event because <laughs> I admired you. Even though I wasn't, you know, I didn't work for you directly. I always admired you as a captain and everything that you did. You oh, you are one you. of my favorites. Oh, <laughs> yeah. thank you, thank you. Well, yes. listen, I gotta give him a shout out, <laughs> yeah. Chief Derek Wood. Yeah. Um, you know, I learned from him. Yes. You know, we didn't always agree, mm-hmm. right, uh, Inspector slash Chief Wood? We didn't always <laughs> agree, but we agreed that. There's a way to do it, and and, and we did it. Right. We gave an effort that right. I think was uh, um, worthwhile. So listen, thank you very much. Yeah. I appreciate it. Um, you're doing big things in recruitment. Thank you. And um, we'll have to have you on for another episode. Yes. All <laughs> thank right. You. Thank you for you. Yeah.